Hi, this is Bob Lark, and you're listening to Back to the Bins. <laughs> Hello? What's happening? There you go. What was oh, that? That's a, that's a problem. What's that? What was that? Were you smoking? What My was that? vaporizer, man. Oh, vaporizer. Hey, man, it's five months without tobacco. picture like Gomez Adams. I'm not kissing you like Gomez would kiss uh, Morticia. Well, I'm not Morticia. Thank you. Well, he didn't say anything French either. Was it French or Italian? French. Academia. Uh, oh, oh. Actually, I think it was I think it was any of the romance languages. Ah, yes, all five. But uh, I was thinking today about the whole new Do you think about the whole? The, thinking about the whole. <laughs> thinking about all the, all the new developments in the life of a little hero. Yeah, not much. Thinking how do, how do we acknowledge it? You know, whatever however you want. And I was thinking uh, we could I thought Bill was going to come up with a parody song. Hero, I hear you're getting married. You just did it. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. I hate you. Get off the get off the show. What, get off now. Where come well, on. We, can... we we reach. We reach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> you. Well, what was it going to be? Get Maureen on here. I'll I'll do it for her. She, she's I'm a, not, I I got to work tomorrow, so I'm not uh, I'm not down the cave. So <laughs> I'm, uh, oh, what is that? What is that song? I will be your hero. Well, we knew oh, it to no. that. This is this is, is to acknowledge his his impending nuptials. Well, there's no date yet, so it's not really impending. It's just so I shouldn't plan for my road trip yet. As soon as I know anything, I'll let everybody know. And at the rate we're going, it's probably going to be a very 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 small wedding. So we, we, you, Maureen, me, and Bill. Sounds good to me. You know, we could do, um, we could do, uh, let's see. Hmm. I'm done. I'm done. I had one song and he ruined it. I didn't, ru- come on, man. It's the only song that makes sense. What? What song? What was the song? Hero, I hear you're getting married. That's a song? Instead of girl, I hear you're getting married, whatever that one oh, is. Oh, well, we could do, uh, that's parody of one of the Frozen songs. Do you want to marry Hero? Oh, <laughs> God. Do you want to make... <laughs> that one's not... Bad. Actually, actually, it would probably be funnier if it's, do you want to f*** a fat man? <laughs> Instead of build a snowman. <laughs> do you want to f*** a snowman? <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, it's back to the bins. We're not going to drop the F-bomb on that. Well, we, we can. We just we, we bleep it. <laughs> That's true. Come on. Where do I put the carrot? <laughs> Bend over. I'll show you. <laughs> oh god i wasn't talking to you watch out here comes my butt oh. you know what because because you you had a truly inspired and f- way of getting engaged so why don't you tell all the listeners how you did it <clears throat> oh uh, about the engagement mm-hmm. um okay well here's the thing so many people get engaged and they try to do something sweet or something super romantic um not our uh, hero. Not, not uh, okay. Now, to be fair, you know, we went. I took her out. We had a nice meal, and uh, she uh, she got the feeling like I might have been trying. I was going to be doing something. She actually patted me down when yeah. we got to dinner, right? And she brushed her hand over the <laughs> over the jewelry box that had the ring in it. And I just, oh Jesus, she had no clue. Thankfully, she, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so you know we have dinner and uh, where she lives uh, on Cape Cod they have a, a little like a little town green um, they you know they set it all up with the Christmas displays and lights and everything every year it's nice we walked around it last year and um, so I said why don't we go check out the lights we go down there we're walking around and 
we're looking at you know the tacky displays and the nice displays and the lights are on and uh she she goes um hey i want to take a picture of you by the big tree in the middle i go all right here's my chance so i start walking away from it she's getting her phone ready to take a picture of me and as uh, so i get to be about five six feet away from the tree and i just crumple you know i just i drop like looks like i got you know shot in the leg and she's going oh geez is it your feet is it your knees what's wrong and she's still playing with her phone trying to get the camera ready and uh you know i'm not saying anything and then she's looking over at me and i start flagging her down like waving her over like like with this pained look on my face so she comes running over she's like oh my god what's wrong what's wrong you go something's something's not right something's not right something's not right and uh, she goes do i need to call 911 what is it i go she's like what's not right and i and i take the ring out of my pocket it's all open up i go we're not engaged yet and she is like speechless so you know you're gonna fake like a heart attack and you know that's 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 memorable that's magic goddamn heart attack <laughs> pretty much goddamn myocardio infarction yeah you're uh, trying there close bell Back to the bin. Uh, you'll, you'll never be Sully from Revere, dude. Let me tell you, I'm Sully from Revere. I'm gonna go down and get me some, some donuts at Kane's Donuts in Saugus, dude. Hey, I yeah. used to have a better Northeast accent when I was up in Maine. When I was Can't get the there track. from here. Yeah, yeah. Found your cat in my yard. Sometimes dead's better. <laughs> thank you, Herman Munster. Uh, isn't that a pet cemetery? Yeah. Yes, that's why I said thank you, Herman yeah. Munster. Oh, that's right. Yes, it was Herman Munster. That's right. The the two Utes. <laughs> Shortly before he, uh, that was yeah. after his comeback, and then he passed on. Hey, mm. got to go out on top. You got to be a, a, a customer at Gateman Good Body and Graves. <laughs> yeah, I'll always remember him from the boy who could fly as the drunk. I I but... I never watched it at the time, but I have become an, a huge fan of Car Fifty Four with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. show was, oh, show was hilarious. Oh, oh, classic TV. Yeah. Oh well, here we are, back to the bins. I'm Paul Spataro. This guy's Bill Robinson, and this other guy is the hero, Chris Tyler. I will be your hero. Thank you, Bill. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I'll threaten you with my book. Oh, oh, God. You're bringing that, that shite with you? Hey, I just read it today. Well, I, actually, I read it about a year ago. It's been almost a year since I got this book. Dun, wow. dun, dun. They actually sold two issues of this crap. I think that's all there is. Bill, Bill owns all of them. And he's putting it back. You're, wow, you're actually bagging and boarding bagging it. and boarding this shit. I guess I don't have to. Hey, that's the way it came because Michael Cedurlo gave me, I now have two copies of number one, and guess who's going to get my other number one? <laughs> I guess it's heading to Long Island. Yeah, that, could, that couldn't find its way into, into the uh, fire pit. Well, not yet. I haven't said that it yet. Looks, it looks like it makes awful good kindling. Well, you'd have to hold on to it because in case we all ever get together for a barbecue or a cookout, it can be put onto the flames. What? No. What? Yeah, do that. No. It tastes delicious. Uh oh, uh oh, the wife's here. I gotta, I gotta shut the webcam down. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Just tell her we're wearing cats. 
Close the door, Ben. That's that's don't a horrible anything. angle, Bill. It's just don't horrible. Say, <laughs> don't say anything about the webcam. That's got to be jelly, because jam don't shake like that. <laughs> so, guys, how's it been going? What are you thinking? <laughs> oh, my God. All my milkshakes bring the boys to the yard. I know where Sally Struthers disappeared to. <laughs> we got any books to cover? Uh, I guess so. Well, you've seen my book. I And if I never see it again, I'm okay. All right. So, <clears throat> it is time for a return. Time! To Heroes Sleepwalker Time! Funny you should say that, because that's how I have started my synopsis. Have we really come to issue or episode number five of Heroes Sleepwalker Corner? Yes, we have. So I will be covering Sleepwalker number five, which was cover dating, de- cover dating, ooh, cover dated carbon October, dating. carbon o- dating, carbon dating, yes, Car- carbon dated October nineteen ninety one, but it was actually on sale in August of ninety one for one whole dollar. Ah, the good old. <clears throat> oh, I think we've got some good background music for this. You could use uh, Genesis, Land of Confusion, because the name is Web of Confusion. Huh? Huh? It, uh, 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 oh, I'm picking not. up what you're putting down, man. <laughs> 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 this, is, this is where what I like to call the team-up era of Sleepwalker uh, begins. And we actually have one of the Marvel Maki characters this time. Not a dream, not an imaginary story. That's right, we are graced with the Mighty Marvel's favorite wall-crawling arachnid, the Amazing Spider-Man, this time. As the cover corner box of cover corner box image of Sleepy proudly proclaims, Spidey versus Sleepy, enough said. Web of Confusion Part 1 was made possible by... A grant. The writer... <laughs> a grant from, yes. Uh, the letters F and U. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the writer, as usual, is uh, Bob Budiansky. The penciler is Brett Blevins. The inker was Michael Bear. Letterer was Chris Eliopoulos, who went by Christopher P. Eliopoulos at the time. And the colorist was Marie Javins. Um, all right. I believe the editor-in-chief was Tom DeFalco at this time as well. So we open on a close-up of an insect-like eye reflecting an action pose of Spidey. And the caption text lays out that our title character doesn't know what to make of the red and blue creature and that he needs to study him some more. Meanwhile, Spidey is chasing a lead from Ben Yurick regarding a new player in the organized crime games in New York City, a villain known as uh, Crime Wave. That's the best you could come up with, Bob. Crime Wave. So, Spidey is uh, pulling a piece. Let's, let's hold on. Let's not sell him short. He does have him call it CW. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so much more creative. Just yeah, like the network. Hey, TV now. Or da, 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 five. Now. Whatever TV they're going with now. now. Oh, yeah, sorry. All right. <laughs> Been so, watching too much Arrow and Flash lately. No such thing. So uh, Sp- Spidey's pulling a, a full-on peep and Tom on uh, Crime Wave and his mall, Carmella, who is like, uh, imagine a white Grace Jones with bigger boobs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you see Do these... you think I'm sexy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, I do, Bill. That was my Grace Jones. Sorry, she's, she's awesome. wearing a jumpsuit. Yes, has has an arrow down the middle pointing to the uh, to the Bermuda Triangle. Is that what the girls today don't have the Bermuda Triangle? Unless they're in you know like upstate New York. Um, 
Okay, so well, this this was the the nineties. Yeah, it probably didn't have that either. I think it was maybe this was just when the landing strip was starting to come into vogue. Well, possibly the heart shaped cut. Oh, good lord, that's a lot of work. Ever try that? It's a lot of work. No, I've and never that, tried that. that some, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I've never done it. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> all right. So, Crime Wave and his and his and his girl Carmela, they're preparing to meet with the Kingpin, and they're discussing their plans, and uh, they're clearly thinking about taking out the big guy or getting back at him somehow because they're casually throwing dots at Wilson Fisk's picture. Now, in typical yeah. Mighty Mar... What's that, Bill? But not, but not only that, it says Fatso written on it, too. You, well, clearly it... they're not aware that that's all muscle. <laughs> they're not fans. No, they are not fans. They are not... And Fatso is actually written on his double chin. <laughs> so it's good reason to think it's not all muscle at that point. Well, I don't it's... think he's got chin muscles. Yes, he does. He, the... could, he could bench press you with his chin. He could snap you in half with his chin. He's a large man. Very large. <laughs> it's a good thing you wrote out this synopsis. Yes. Well, that's, hey, it's, you got to have notes. It's important. Tell Dr. So Bill moving, that. Moving on to that. Notes. We don't need notes. Uh, okay. So in typical Mighty Marvel fashion, the <laughs> Spider-Man and Sleepwalker get into a bit of a snarl over a misunderstanding about each other's intentions. And uh, in the ensuing tussle, it causes Sleepy to uh, warp some wall around Spider-Man and Peter gets a little PO'd and tells Sleepy that the real bad guy's getting away. So Sleepwalker heads off to deal with Crime Wave, and Spidey launches a spider tracer on to, uh, to the big green guy. So Crime Wave just happens to have grenades on hand as he's driving away, and he, and he lobs one at, at our green-skinned friend, and he takes him off the pursuit. He blows up. Sleepwalker's down for the count, even though, I mean, it seems like he's you know, pretty powerful. I don't know why he didn't use his warp vision there, because then otherwise we probably wouldn't have a story. Spidey ends up freeing himself, and he heads home as he has school the next day, and he figures he'll follow up on, on Sleepwalker and Crime Wave tomorrow. So, Sleepwalker heads back to Rick's apartment, and uh, after a night of dealing with uh, Spider-Man and Crime Wave, and he's thinking to himself, I'm no dummy, and he hastily sketches a picture for Rick to see when he wakes up. As Rick rouses himself from, uh, from his slumber... Sleepy disappears, and the spider tracer falls to the floor, and Rambo the dog sniffs it curiously. Then Rick sees the portrait drawn by Sleepwalker of Spider-Man with the words good and evil below it, each with a question mark next to it. Alright, so then we cut to Rick... uh, Oh, we don't cut to anything yet. Rick wonders why Sleepwalker is asking about about Spider-Man. So we cut to Rick walking Rambo through the city, and suddenly Spider-Man is in front of him, and he starts giving him the third degree about everything going on with, uh, with Crime Wave because he followed the spider tracer to where they are. And uh, as a result, this Spider-Man's realizing that Rick really isn't involved in any way with Crime Wave. Pete figures out that Rambo must have eaten the spider tracer. (laughs) And Spider-Man has just wasted hours of his day. Classic pack of luck right there. Rick puts two and two together at this point and figures that Sleepy and Spider-Man must have had a, uh, you know, they must have met the night before. And he circles the word good under the picture that Sleepwalker drew. So night falls again, and Rick falls asleep, and Sleepwalker emerges from the from the ether, and he's being spied on by Spider-Man this time, and he figured there had to be some connection between Rick and Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker tries to apologize to Spider-Man, who brushes him off as he as he's headed out to go deal with Crime Wave. Sleepwalker follows Spider-Man into into the night, hoping to make you know some kind of peace between the two. So we cut to a yacht on the Hudson River, and it's the site of a benefit for the homeless that Crime Wave's. Uh, Girl Kyle Miller is about to burgle. Wait a minute, so wait a minute. Oh, yacht, yacht. Okay. I thought you said yard. 
Yacht. 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 Yacht and his yacht. <laughs> I got rest it. my case. <laughs> yeah, you should rest your case. <clears throat> okay. Where was I? Oh, the yacht. The yacht. <laughs> so the yacht is on the Hudson. Yacht. Yahtzee. Yahtzee. <laughs> the site of a benefit for the homeless that Crime Wave's uh, girl Kamela is about to burgle. So she and her squad are all bedecked in black cat suits, and they rappel down from the bridge above onto the deck of the boat, and they begin reallocating the funds, as Carmelo puts it. Spidey swings his way over to the bridge uh, where the boat was going to be located, and he finds uh, a couple of the uh, socialites that were on there at the uh, benefit. They're safe, a little bemused at the fact that they were robbed and set adrift in the life rafts after the crooks took the boat and the cash. But thankfully, they left the champagne. <laughs> <coughs> And they urge Spidey to go get after the boat and get the money back. So Spidey eyes up the boat, and he tries to swing his way over. And he knows it's pretty far, but he's going to try anyway, because it's Spider-Man. Uh, he's unable to make it. As he's about to plummet into the water, Sleepwalker appears and grabs him. The two briefly chat, and then they dash off to stop the thieves without any plan, as there's no time for a plan. So Sleepwalker throws Pete under one arm, and he glides them on over to where the boat is. So the two heroes spring onto the deck, the webs are flying, the warp vision's blazing, and the two work their powers against the thugs, each showing the other and the reader what they're capable of against a few powerless foes. Sleepy Warp beams some bullets coming at him, and he pulls the floorboards on the boat up as Spidey shows off his acrobatics. And uh, at one point, Spider-Man gets a sash pulled across his face, and he goes, mumbles something to sleepwalk through the fabric. As Sleepwalker, in classic dry fashion, says that he's not familiar with all human dialects, and if he could please repeat that, which is, that's one of the reasons why I love Sleepwalker. He's kind of dense. Uh, but So the towering twosome are finishing off the bad guys, and Carmella calls Crime Wave to tell him how the situation is going, and he says that she needn't worry, as he has a surprise in store, and Carmella muses that she hates his surprises. So the baddies abandoned ship, and Crime Wave aims a rocket launcher at the boat from where he's perched on the, the, the pier awaiting them. Spider Sense begins to tingle as the rocket is about to be loosed on them, and Spidey tackles Sleepwalker to get them off the boat and out of harm's way. But it's too late. They barely clear the brunt of the blast as the rocket demolishes the boat and leaves Spider-Man floating unconscious in front of the pier with no sign of Sleepwalker anywhere. Crime Wave and Carmella have met back up on the pier above Spidey's body, and he orders her to fish the wall crawler out of the drink as he's going to be late for his meeting with the Kingpin. We cut to the uh, so the uh, the meeting with the Kingpin, and Crime Wave tries to be all smooth, and he offers Kingpin some tribute in the way of the money stolen from the charity cruise that he just blew up. This enrages Fisk as he tells Crime Wave that he's a businessman and a philanthropist, and the charity he robbed and the boat that he destroyed were his. Fisk calls out Crime Wave as simply doing all this to embarrass him in front of the other criminals that have met them there. But Crime Wave turns the tables as he reveals that he has Spider-Man chained up on a table, telling the Kingpin that he bets no one, ever, no one has ever killed Spider-Man in front of all these people too. And Crime Wave is going to let Fisk be the one to do it. Our last panel is a shadowy rendering of a battered sleepwalker emerging from under the pier where Spidey was. Next, the Kingpin enraged, Spider-Man entrapped, and sleepwalker entangled in Web of Confusion. Part dieu. Dun, dun, dun. Kingpin was enraged. And he ripped the little elves' lungs out. <laughs> uh, look at classic Marvel right there. We got the Kingpin. We got some nods to Ben Yurik. We got a really crappy, <laughs> crappy crime boss. We got some skimpy women in skimpy, tight uh, yeah. suits. Yeah. 
And yeah, Sleepwalk is barely in his own book this time. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess you have to have the meetup somehow. And honestly, in terms of uh, Mighty Marvel misunderstandings, this one's actually kind of uh, kind of all right. Pete's just trying to do his job, and he's you know he's still Peter Parker, and Sleepwalker's he's only been here for a couple of months. You know, it's understandable. But uh, you know, they have to tussle. They gotta they gotta go at it. But they get that out of the way up front. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's obligatory in in superhero team up books. You know, you have to have the initial misunderstanding where they fight, and it you know almost universally has to be to a draw, mm-hmm. and then eventually they realize, hey, we're both good guys. Yeah, but is nobody thinking about poor Rambo? I mean, that spider tracer's got some sharp legs on it. That's gonna hurt coming out. Like a, like a kidney stone. Ooh, ah, don't remind me. Ooh, <laughs> Ow. ouch. There's, I mean, this this strikes me as almost as a by-the-numbers kind of story. It's completely mm-hmm. by-the-numbers. You know, there's, there's not a lot about it that, that sets it apart or makes it memorable. That no, said, other than the fact that Spider-Man is in it, because we had to put Spider-Man in everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to buy this book if we put Spider-Man in it. Yeah, but that said, it's an enjoyable story. It's, to me, it reads like an issue of Marvel Team-Up. It's essentially what the, the book does become for a while, the next couple of issues. It's a lot of team-ups. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know what sales are like, and I think it had to have been being done from a, a sales point of view because I don't think anybody was buying the book and they were trying to get it off the ground. It's just, uh, I mean, issue number five is, that's an early start to trying to start salvaging something without trying to just stay on the main focus of the book before getting into I think into that, was, that was, if my memory is right, that was standard operating procedure for DC books. First issue is the first issue. Second issue, have Superman in it. I think that was, you know, in the 70s, I think that was their standard procedure. Yeah, it's just, I don't, that's Superman, though. Spider-Man, you know, we're talking an era where Spider-Man was as big. Yeah, it's just, it's it's not the way I would have went. I would have held off a little, because... I mean, after Spider-Man, I mean, the guest stars go from A-list to not A-list. <laughs> so, But, you know, you, you're trying to get this book off the ground. And if you say, oh, we're going to wait before we bring in other guys or other heroes, you might wait until you're off the, off the shelves altogether and canceled, you know? Yeah. yeah and and well, who, who, um, who else does he really care? I guess he could team up mostly with, with uh, street-level people. I guess. Um, although he could do something he with Doctor do... Strange. I think that's in the Christmas special. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. He was so. very recently in Fantastic Four. Yeah, I've heard. I still, I just, I, I'm just not at a place right now where I can go buy floppies, and I'm too lazy to try to find them online. When is the uh, Sleepwalker uh, TV? The fan thing. Um, oh yeah, I still saw the be, trailer still for that. On. It's um. I mean, these guys do have full-time jobs, um, and they're doing this out of the, you know, the love of the material. So I'm not uh, asking to be critical. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering. I, 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 they, they haven't. I haven't heard of any hard date yet. It just says coming soon. So whenever it arrives, I will be ready. You'd be on the ground floor with an interview. I think when that comes available, I think we do a Sleepwalker episode with maybe three Sleepwalker books. Ooh. Oh, I see what the plan is here. You want me to get all these done, then you never have to have me on again. I see what's going on. <laughs> Curses. Spoiled again. <sighs> well, we're about a sixth of the way done now. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. actually enjoying this run. Uh, 
Yeah, this is not the best one. It, it after we get through the uh, you know the the team up section of of them trying to get people to buy the book, it does go back focused more on more about the mindscape and what's going on with Sleepwalker. And it, I mean, it's I mean, I remember buying this off the stand. I was like, oh, that's and it's got a pretty decent cover. It's just Spider Man covered with the you know the spaghetti webbing, and he's fighting Sleepwalker, and they both rendered pretty nicely on it. I don't remember who did the cover. Probably... Levin's. Levin's. Levin's, yeah. It's got a signature on the right side. Yeah, it's nice looking. You know, again, they're not really going into doing anything in the background, but it's it's just a good rendering of the two of them beating each other up. I do question the anatomy and the positioning. It's it's Spider-Man and a guy from the Mindscape. I can let it slide a little. Look at at his left leg. I'm sorry. Spidey's? No. No, no. it catches your eye. Stretch. Yes, it does. It's Spider Man. He can do that. No, he can't. He's really? he's heading he's heading for for surgery to repair his ripped groin. Maybe I should take a spider and try to bend its legs like that, and then see. Help how... me! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Were you one of those guys, Bill? Were you one of those kids who picked the wings off flies and stuff? No, that's a sign. Yeah, very funny, very funny. Laughing, yeah. fuzzball. Just because you saw my webcam. Okay. Oh, hey, now I didn't see anything. <laughs> if asked, I will deny. Plausible deniability. I saw nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a tough book. To, this one's there's really not much to say about it. It's it really is like a '70s straightforward book in terms of yeah, his two heroes read it. You might like it. Not the not the best one. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it, but it does lead for to some a million dollars. Well, yes, for a million it dollars. It retails for about a dollar. <laughs> I yes, for a million dollars, I would happily let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, In fact, you can wipe my my memory of Sleepwalker clean. Ooh, that's tough. Maybe. Uh, so, now I just lost what I was going to say. I, it the setup here. It, this really is set up for the second part, which is a little more action packed and does have some uh, some decent swerves in it. So, even though they give away one of the swerves on the cover of the next issue, so what can you do? Well, I'm going to hold off on that until the next Hero Sleepwalker Corner because I'm I haven't uh, I haven't been jumping ahead. Ah, okay. I've been reading them as we do them. Excellent. Excellent. But I do like this series. It's you, you've you've definitely won me over with it. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully, that makes one. Hopefully, there are listeners who actually feel the same. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's different. I, I, I will speculate that there are more people who went over to Sleepwalker with sleep with Hero Sleepwalker Corner than there is with Smiling Bill's discount store. <laughs> but what are you we, trying to say? Uh, we'll wait till we get to your book. Yeah. Before we get to that, that. Uh, Art-wise, I actually think the art in this one is uh, is pretty strong. Um, they don't really do anything too crazy. We don't we don't get the mindscape or anything, but um, I mean the action's pretty decently laid out. I mean it's not mind blowing, but I think in terms of um, it's not as it doesn't seem as rushed as some of the other issues. Um, there's definitely some more fine detail uh, put into character faces, especially for the most part, and I think it's because. Most of the panels are um, Spider-Man and Sleepwalker, and uh, you know, <laughs> Blevins isn't having to focus on uh, boring stuff, <laughs> so shall we say? Because um, I mean, especially uh, I mean, he definitely took some time rendering Carmela's face the whole time because she looks uh, she looks pretty hot through most of the book. 
So yeah, even with her little black skull cap thing on, hey, it's hot, man. Then she can be whoever you want her to be. <laughs> <laughs> you scare me, man. <laughs> Good. And it's I mean the I definitely think the art in this one is is a step up from how it has been uh, on on average through the past couple of issues. Um, not to say that there isn't some wonkiness, but overall it's definitely an improvement. Um, we haven't gotten to super beefy Sleepwalker yet. I mean, his legs still look kind of spindly compared to the rest of his body. Um, they do seem to put a little bit more detail into his face than um, than normally on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still some panels where it's like, geez, that's not really that good. Um, Spider-Man, for the most part, looks pretty decent. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to replace, <laughs> you know, John Romita or Steve Ditko's version anytime soon, but it's uh, it's adequate for the story being told. Um, and then, uh, you know, the the last page, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty decent kicker, you know? Spider-Man is completely chained up and soaking wet and he's laid on a table in front of a whole bunch of mobsters. I mean, that's... If this wasn't a Sleepwalker book, that would be the ending to a Spider-Man book. And of course, no one will just shoot him in the head. No, no. There'll be some elaborate plot. I honestly can't remember how he gets out of it. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he eats a bullet. The next hero Sleepwalker corner. Yeah, but I can't do that next. I gotta pick something different. I like the the panel with the the uh, I guess the spider tracker point of view with the dog sniffing it. Yeah. You get the, the massive dog nose and face looking down on it. Yeah. <laughs> sniff, sniff, sniff. Sniff, sniff. Of course, you don't yeah. see the gulp. Nope. Well, that would take away from the fun. <laughs> you want that tracer back? You're going to have to go through some dog poop. The hard way. You got to go through me, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't we rate this one? <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go first. Cover, I know there's uh, some odd anatomy in it. I still really like it. I'm giving the cover a B. I am going to give the story a C, and I will give the interior art a B minus. I believe that would average out to about a B. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let me. Just, I just want to figure out your scale here. A B, a B minus, and a C average out to a B. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Would that be a new C- math? Be a C plus B minus. Okay, oh. if you oh, okay, fine. Hold me over the fire. It's a B minus. No, no, no. It's, it's whatever you say it is. I'm just no, no, no. I'm just. This is not I'm my just. Show. I'm, I'm, I'm just. Guest. I'm just taking this chance to uh, make you the uh, the butt of ridicule and scorn. Have I ever given a real <laughs> a decent criteria on any review I've done? Now that you say this, the next thing I'm just going to give you letters and numbers and. It's fine. Funny no, words. You, you know what? Sometimes the sum of the parts exceeds the the, the parts. That's what okay. There you me. go. It's a B. Okay, it's, Spock. It's whatever you decide it, it is, but uh, you know that doesn't mean I'm not going to take a chance to. You know, I have decided it's a B. Okay. And okay, I decided that you can make the fun of me all you want. B. I'm going to give the cover a B. I'm going to give the inside a C. I'm going to give the story a C. A plus. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, I'm surprised. Oh, no, no you gave it A plus. So yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> What's the real review then? Okay, I I find myself liking the cover despite the fact that its inadequacies jump out at me. The the, the positioning of the bodies, the anatomy, the the fact that Spider Man has a black face when there's no real lighting reason to create that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. he's not in blackface. It's a shadow. 
Yeah, but he has a shadow he's, over. He's, he's not his, Al Jolson. His face is completely Mammy. black. It's like the ah, black Spider-Man costume. Ah. It's so much in shadow. And yet that shadow doesn't affect any other part of his body that's facing that same direction. Like the bottom of his foot. Yeah, or even yeah. His, sho- his shoulder, perhaps. Well, the bottom of the foot is closer to us. It's away from the shadow. So, so it, that's that's one of the things. The webbing is just, you know, it's obviously just there for effect because it's silly. Uh, and like I said, the anatomy. But I like the I like the yellow background with the uh, the masthead and everything. It looks like you know, kind of jumps out of you. I think it's it's intriguing. It, yeah, it pops. There's a lot of color on there. And so I would I would say a B minus on the cover, despite its inadequacies. Uh, the interior art, I don't like it quite as much as you. I don't. I think you know the the, the negatives do jump out at me a little bit at, part, at parts. It, it it suffers from a little bit of '90s line work. Yeah, I'm I'm not that crazy about it. It's it's okay. I'm gonna say a C. It's you not bad. Uh, you can see feet in every panel though. Oh yeah, but so, sometimes you, you wish you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a C as far as I'm concerned with the artwork. The story, like I said, it's kind of like a uh, a Marvel team up issue. It's enjoyable. It moves along. It's easy to, to follow. I'm going to say C plus on the story. So overall, I'm going to give it a an F. I mean, no, overall, I'm going to give it a C plus. All right. Uh, I'm going to give the cover a BB for Brett Blevins. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked the cover too when I first saw it. Even though you know, before I started to pick it apart. It's catchy, it's flashy, it's hip, it's wow, it's now. So I'm going to give the cover, I'm going to go with a B. Uh, the interior, I liked the Sleepwalker Spidey action shots. And the opening page isn't too bad where he's overhead uh, looking down at the car with the street light. Uh, that's that's not too bad either. Um, but then some of the other shots, there's like the just the normal everyday shots, like kind of like you said, maybe Blevins was just a little bored with stuff like that and didn't put as much in, into it. Um, so I think the the art for me is going to average out to a C. Uh, the story we got the nice continuing narrative of 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 uh, of Rick and and Sleepy, but you know now we're it's not as much as it has been, like you said. So we're starting to get away from that, and you know because we've got a guest star, yeah. so. And and from from what you said, it sounds like we're going to be away from this for a while. So it, it like like you know it does seem more like a Marvel team up book. So for that, I'm I'm going to give it a C as well on the story. So that's what C C and a B B minus C plus maybe a sub a sub plus b minus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to <laughs> aggravate Paul. <laughs> I don't get aggravated. I get even. Maybe I'll just pick a really crappy book next time, and then it won't be so high. I'd be like F's across the if you're board. Gonna, if you're going to pick a crappy book, what's Bill going to do? Pick a good book. Ooh. Maybe he'll come bookless. He'll come booklessly. <sighs> what he be a man. Pick a book, Bill. I got a book. <laughs> you got something. Wrong. You finally have a book, and I wish you didn't. Anyway. See, that'll, that, that, that'll teach Wait, you. I just... What, okay, so romance comics when I'm on the the thing you can write. What is it? Me? Are you doing it because it's me? Were you on no. when he had the uh, the racing book, or was that Shag? Oh, I think I was on for that one too. No, that was Shag, wasn't it? Wasn't Are you that sure? What, well, wasn't that with what? No, you know what? Hero was on, or no? I I had a shout out to you because one of the guys' name was Hero or something. The hero and one guy's name was Scott. Or oh something. yeah, that's right. There was a shout out because there was all right. Yeah. It just felt like you were here. 
I feel like I'm always with it. I'm, I'm always around. I think I bring some interesting Be indies. Good. <laughs> I bring some interesting indies. Hey, you do. I get mm. we, don't, we don't always have to bring. Depends on you how know. you define interesting, but okay. All right, you the next the, time I'm on, I'll bring an indie book then. Right. You bring well, the good, you bring the bad. You bring the rest, well, and there you have okay. Dr. Bill. <laughs> Dr. Bill. <laughs> was, was, was Natalie the heavy set on that one? Right. On, on Facts of Life? Was I think it, so. Not Tootie. Well, no, no Tootie was Tootie. You was had Tootie black. and Blair and uh, Blair was Scarrett. the sus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Tootie, Blair. Then you Nat- had, the, yeah. had to be Natalie. Natalie, Natalie. Then you yeah. had the handicap one. The handicap one, and then you had George Clooney. And, then <laughs> you, had, and why, you had. Why would you do a Roy Orbison growl for for George Clooney? I was just doing a Roy Orbison growl. I had nothing to do with George Clooney. It sure sounded like you were doing a film. Actually, I was thinking about Natalie. <laughs> no, Doctor Bill dressed up like Natalie. What? Mindy Khan, come on, man! Oh, oh. You can just have me dressed up like Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> oh, hero! Oh. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time a woman said that, like that Mrs. Garrett, nickels. Mrs. Garrett was on uh, Call Fifty Four. <laughs> Brings us back to what we talked about earlier. Oh, it's like we planned this. She played uh, Al Lewis's wife. So, like, do you do you do you go to your significant other and say, "Here, honey, put put this wig on. I want you to be whoever I want you to be tonight. You're going to be Mrs. Garrett. Oh, hero! No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to coax the way you do. <laughs> hey, I don't coax. It's called cat shank. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the next book we have is our yes. C, and I picked from September of 1978, Superman number three twenty seven which had a cover price of 50 cents. Come on, kids. If you want to grow up fast, take one of these. <laughs> one puff and they'll soon be in my grasp. Not so fast, nicotine. If you want to go up fast, take one of these. With my x-ray vision, I can see the harm cigarettes do inside people's bodies. That's why I never say yes to a cigarette. Cover is by Rich Buckler and Frank Giacoya, and it shows Superman looking back at a globe with Ma and Pa Kent in it, where they've been imprisoned by Cobra. Cobra! Oh, wait. Cobra! So, Ron Cobra. And there's also an inset of Mr. and Mrs. Superman from Earth 2. Story is titled The Sandstorm That Swallowed Metropolis. Written by Martin Pascal, art by Kurt Swan and Frank Chiamante, colored by Adrian Roy. Didn't he play, uh, didn't, was, was he in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? That's Deep Roy, and he was in the remake. Okay. Yeah. The Letters by Ben Oda and edited by Julie Schwartz. Sandstorm that swallowed Metropolis. I dated a girl like that. Oh! Did you call yourself Metropolis? <laughs> you swallow. That's horrible. Them. You can cut that out if you want. That's vulgar. <laughs> okay, the story opens with a splash page showing Superman doing Cobra's bidding while his deceased parents, apparently alive and well, look on from inside a glass globe. How did this happen? How did we get here? What the heck is going on? Let's look back and find out. Clark Kent enters his apartment and is immediately accosted by Cobra and two henchmen, complete with Cobra henchmen costumes, who threaten to teleport him into deep space in a red sun solar system if he resists. 
It seems that Cobra stumbled onto Superman's secret identity because he used a homing device to find his teleportational machine that just happened to be in Clark's closet with his super suits. We flash back to an archaeological dig where we see Cobra and his flunkies in full costume in a fairly small hole in the sand (laughs) where they find the teleportation gun. And just as a side note, Cobra even has a huge excavation uh, shovel that actually has a Cobra image painted onto the shovel portion. It's It's all about branding. (laughs) Apparently. Anyway, once they found the teleporter, it was stolen from them, and now they've found it. See previous issues to know what's going on there. Cobra says that learning Superman's secret identity was just a bonus, but one he plans to exploit. But as he monologues, Superman blows the teleporter out of his hand with his super breath so fast that he can't pull the trigger. Cobra, the Cobra minions open fire to no avail, only see, succeeding in burning away the Clark Kent clothing and exposing the Superman costume. Cobra follows up with his infamous stink, snake-tongued lash, which is a metal coil. It's a metal coil that wraps around Superman but he just super speed spins to escape it. At this point, the minions climb out the window and Cobra's force field protects him from a super punch. Is that the minions from Despicable Me? Yes. That would be amazing. When are they going to do that crossover? It really would be cool if they had them. Well, they kind of do, but it's precise. Uh, Cobra uses a smoke screen to get away and Clark's neighbor reacts to the commotion and goes to break down the door. In the time it takes for him to do that, Superman soaks up the smoke screen with his super lungs, which somehow I guess they're super because they have like the capacity to take in an entire room full of smoke. And he puts on his Clark Kent clothes in one-tenth of a second, a record even for him. Clark tells the neighbor that he he surprised a burglar who overpowered him and escaped down the fire escape. After sending the neighbor back to his apartment, Clark thinks back to a super... After gingerly caressing his shoulders, no less. Yes. (laughs) He thinks back to a super coffee clutch in which he, Batman, Aquaman, and the Green Lantern sat and told stories about just how deadly Cobra is. Superman. This would be like, uh, this would be them sitting in the, um, you know, those videos that says how it should have ended. Yes. Yes, like at the (laughs) Super Cafe. Because I'm Batman. So Superman concludes that he won't be able to track Cobra, which I really don't understand why, and he'll have to wait for him to make his next move. The next day, Clark is meeting with Lois and Lana, who seems to have taken to calling people love. I guess she wanted to sound British, I don't know. They're working on a documentary that Lana wants to put together about the scoops they've gotten since they all know Superman intimately. That's kind of scary that she uses that word. Clark knows him intimately. Anyway, they review a film of Superman dealing with an out-of-control army cargo transport that was carrying nerve toxins. In the explosion, those toxins were dispersed over the city in a fine mist that didn't affect anyone. Hmm. File that story away for use later. At that point, Lois opens a window and a sandstorm comes blowing into the room. Clark uses the sand as cover to change to Superman and investigate it. The city is covered in sand with dunes that it says are 10 stories high, although we still see cars. I don't understand. Uh, He, he excuse me, Superman flies in a super speed circle, creating a vacuum to draw the sand up and over the ocean. When he does, he encounters a giant vacuum type machine sucking up sand from the ocean bottom, but somehow not the water and blowing it (laughs) to Metropolis. 
Of course, this is Cobra's doing. He warns Superman to stay away or his parents will die. He has the Kents captive in a gravity-resistant plexiglass sphere. But Superman is apoplectic since his parents died over a decade earlier. At this point, we flash back again to how his parents had been rejuvenated by an alien youth serum, but that really has nothing to do with this story and is a total non-sequitur. So then we hear how they contract contracted a rare incurable disease on a vacation in the Caribbean and died. It was voodoo. And at this point, the story Cobra says, enough of this sentimental claptrap. So that means that Superman was actually verbalizing this, this flashback for Cobra's benefits. <laughs> Which is just really kind of ridiculous when you think of it. Yeah. Cobra explains that the teleporter can be used to cross time as well as space and that he plucked the Kents out of the past one week prior to their deaths. He's holding them hostage to get Superman's cooperation to gather the sand in Metropolis and bring it back to him. So he's shooting the sand into Metropolis and wants Superman to bring it back to him. <laughs> Superman can't figure out why he'd want to do this. But cooperates <laughs> I can't figure out why either. Well, it, uh, they do explain it as it goes on. Wait, stay with us here. Superman can't figure out why he'd want to do this, but cooperates for fear of Cobra altering his personal history by killing the Kents one week before they died anyway. Okay. He sets to clearing the sand and examines Cobra's, ma Cobra's machine at super speed, where he sees that Cobra is actually filtering the sand. This gives Superman an idea. He returns with a giant bag of sand, complete with a Superman symbol on it, and pours it into the machine, causing it to explode. He explains to Cobra that he figured out his plan, which was to use the sand that he was throwing onto the city to collect the nerve toxins from the buildings. So he used his heat vision to superheat the last sand collection, causing Cobra's machine to overheat and explode, but no one noticed that he was coming to the machine with this, this sand that must have been 500 degrees. <laughs> Cobra was enraged. So, so he shoots he plexiglass the globe. Superman's lungs out. He wants to rip them out. He, he shoots the plexiglass globe, globe containing the Kents, but it seems that during the explosion, Superman had replaced it with a glass globe containing teeny weeny statuettes that he sculpted of his parents himself. Yeah. <laughs> and Superman takes to the offensive at this point, but bounces off Cobra's force field again. Cobra shoots him with a kryptonite ray and makes his escape. A melancholy Superman then takes his parents back through the time barrier to where they belong and are apparently un unaware of anything that went on. The story ends with Superman swearing to bring Cobra to justice. And that's how we end our story. So he was throwing the sand basically to sandblast the nerve toxin off of the buildings where it had formed a thin layer. And by then filtering it as it came back, he was getting the nerve toxin. Useful plan? I don't know, especially with... Uh, no, you know why? Here's the thing. You can just pretend to be a maintenance man. I'm power washing this this building. Or or you can, you know, you're using like probably a billion dollar machine to get the sand to throw it over there in the first place. <sighs> this is why But, but the, the, the machine is floating in the air and the bottom of it is, say, I don't know, 15 feet above the water. And, it, and it, it's vacuuming up and it's it, the sand is coming directly out of the water, but no water is coming up. So it's, they're hypothesizing that the sand is lighter than the water? I don't know. My brain hurts. This is, this, is, this is a prime argument for the discussion we've had many times where while Marvel was in the Bronze Age, DC remained in the Silver Age. I, I mean, this I, is 1978. This is 
prime mm. Bronze Age Marvel time, this story is silly. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> it's got everything. It's got a ridiculous plan. It's involving Superman's dead parents. It's even got, you know, like a, a fairly compelling villain, but done in a very, once again, silly manner. Why did he even need Superman to skip? Whatever. I don't know. I, I just want to know what he hit him with on that one panel. He blasted the blue right out of Superman's uniform. Look at that one panel on page uh, 16. Oh, yeah. He, that, that that was so powerful, the color was gone. I mean, I know it's a coloring error, but Jesus, is that glaring. Whoa. Where? Yeah, the I one mean, where he's getting... Gah! Well, that's the light of the explosion, right? Hitting him? Yeah, that's, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And he could go... There you go. Thank you. What do you, uh, you boys think of this one? Uh, Other than making your head hurt. It's um, <laughs> well, not like a Bob Haney level zaniness, at least with, with the Bob Haney zany, it's, I can roll with it. This is just, I don't know, man. It's just a bridge too far. And like, what? Batman looks like he was melted out of wax and the art's not that great. Hal Jordan looks like somebody shitting his cereal <laughs> on that one panel. He's like, Oh man, this tastes like poop. But you know, he's just depressed because uh, when he says Batman, Aquaman, and I fought him uh, when he tried to wipe out Portugal. <laughs> we stopped his scheme, and he looks—he's so sad. Like, you know, it's like I really wanted Portugal to go away. Damn it! <laughs> if, they, if they had taken out Portugal, maybe they would have left Coast City twenty years from now. Oh, <sighs> Batman's. <laughs> Cobra's one of the most. Cobra's one of the deadliest men alive. <coughs> Excuse me. I've seen his operations, and I tell you, this guy's practically the devil himself. He could destroy entire continents, raise the dead, and I don't know what else. I'm out of here. I'm Batman. I thought the Batman knew everything about every villain. <laughs> no, he's just. This is definitely a pre-crisis bat. This is a pre-infinite crisis Batman. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> can raise the dead. He can can raise... he really raise the dead? I don't know if that's part of his power set. He didn't exactly raise them. He just sort of time kidnapped them, the you know the Kents. Yeah, but I don't know if, if in maybe in the past stories. If he what, did, is yeah. that, what is that poor thing that Superman is fighting? The the I thought that was I thought that was Alvin Imgur from the planet Tremora. Ooh, <laughs> it's Alvin. I know. I'm always down for Superman tangling with some uh, you know space aliens with some strange dinosaurs oh, or yeah. He look. He actually looks kind of lovable and innocent. And Superman's beating the tap. Hey, why are you grabbing my neck? That hurt. Don't, don't hurt me. I'm just hungry. He's hanging out with Goom. Hey, I'm Goom. <laughs> hey, Superman. What are you? Hey, <laughs> that's my head. <laughs> Ow, my horn. You broke my horn. <laughs> Bitch. Oh man. It, it, I'm, it, I'm gonna turn my little scary pink eyes on you. <laughs> I got conjunctivitis. <laughs> Space uh, conjunctivitis. I got, I got jaundice. You see, my nails are so yellow. <laughs> I, I, I like the whiskers, too. I, I need some good orthodontia. <laughs> That's a beast that could use, could use, uh, use some braces. <laughs> like the beast said, that nobody loved. I, I got a jacked up grill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the art in this one is um. This is not Kurt Swan at his best. This is this is not great. It's a uh, very inconsistent. 
I, I would say, see, I don't think it's so much inconsistent as it's pedestrian. It's just, it's. I think it's consistently mediocre throughout. I'm just, I mean, the Superman in Clark's face is not, that's the thing to me. It's like, it doesn't look like the same guy. And I, I mean, I, like I always say, I can't draw for crap, but it's just, I mean, and there's you know, some panels where he looks like Christopher Reeve and then there's other panels where he looks like, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't even figure it out. That uh, that ray gun that Cobra's got pulled on Clark Kent looks suspiciously like a shrunk down version of the phaser rifle from the original Star Trek series where no man's gone before. <laughs> it I, just yeah. looks This is another one where I think it's a victim of the fact that the artwork is far superior on the cover than what you get within. Yeah. Mm. That and the fact that the story is just so silly. Yeah, but that cover would make me want to buy it. The cover did make me want to buy it. The cover made me buy it. Yeah. But the, you know, the uh, the interior art does not hold up to that. I mean, on the cover, Cobra looks very threatening and formidable. Inside, mm-hmm. he just kind of looks like a doof with a with a with a, with, a, with, a, with a walnut shell on his head. Yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that he yeah, he does not match the the, the exterior, the cover art. Uh, what a shame. All but right, he is one so, of the most dangerous men in the world. So let's 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 well it's it's right on the, the cover versus Cobra, the deadliest man alive. Mm. Sorry, I have... <laughs> yes, I will attack you with my Cobra painted shoveling equipment. And and throughout the book, he's he's you know he's given that lizard. Let's throw an extra couple of S's on any time there's an S word. So it's That's yes. Let's <laughs> yes. found the device Superman. in the closet. Among your spare Superman costumes. So you see, I sound like uh, Mark Hamill doing Cobra. <laughs> we, we have to make him do the extra S's because he's a snake villain. Yes. Superman. Must be hard to order breakfast. Yes. I'll take some eggs and some. Oh, just give me the daily special. Special. <laughs> I'll take the grand Slam. But can he say Susie sells seashells by the seashore, Bill? Go fire you. <laughs> to hell with you. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, as Cobra. To hell with you. To hell with you. Sorry, Arnold. Struggling to find an S word in there. Yeah. I just, and definitely, I definitely think this. If you took the panels... From the time uh, the neighbor busts in the door to the time Superman is just rubbing his chin, thinking, and you you took all the the, the words out of those word balloons, you could really write something really creepy. <laughs> <in there. laughs> oh my god, I'm a horrible person. Clark, I'm here. I've it's been so long since I've seen you. Oh crap, not this guy again. <laughs> I've been I've been waiting for you to come back home. Maybe I can run out on this. Uh, out on the, I could get out the window. I can get out the fire escape. Oh crap! He's right next to me now. No one will ever know if I push him over. <laughs> well, I'll just use my super massage powers to make him forget me. <laughs> well, the the, uh, the very last panel looks like that. Do you? I don't know if you guys remember. It, it's definitely before your time, hero. There was a, a public service commercial about a v- venereal disease. <laughs> oh, and, and it was this girl on the phone. 
and she's talking apparently to someone who she's had sexual relations with. Oh, and it's very, it was subtle at the time, like because I remember I was pretty young when I saw it, and I didn't really get what they were talking about. But she was saying basically, well, if you have it, then I have it too. <gasps> and and that's what it, it like. I could almost put that in the dialogue balloons for the very last panel on that page. Well, if he has it. If he's a contracted venereal disease, I must have it too. All I need to know about venereal disease, I learned from Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> so I was a virgin until I was 24. What? 24? 24? 23? No. Yeah. I mean, your testicles will explode. <laughs> Can't have that. <laughs> My testicles exploded once. Once. <laughs> All right. I think we should rate this book. Instead of B rate it, like we have. <laughs> no, that's next. Well, I really like the cover. I think it's compelling. It's it's, it's Rich Buckler doing Neil Adams. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I would give the cover a solid B plus, almost an A, but I'm going to say B plus. The interior art, I'm not going to be as generous with. I think it's Kurt Swan. It's very, like I said, I don't think it's inconsistent so much as it's pedestrian. There's just nothing special in here at all. There's no panel where I look at it and say, oh, that one's really good. It's just kind of boring. The positioning of the characters, the angles of the characters, the the facial expressions of the characters, everything's just kind of boring. So I'm going to say a C- minus on the interior art. Uh, Story-wise, it's really dumb. It's just, I, I think I pointed out most of the dumbness in my synopsis, but if I missed anything, you let me know. Um, I'm going to go with a C- minus on the story as well, and based on the what I think is superior cover, I'm going to give the book a C+. I would, uh, I would mirror your ratings as well. Um, this is, that, the cover is fantastic. The, yeah, like you said, the rest of it, not so much. Uh, the story is... It's silly. It's really silly. Um, and it, I, I wanted to like this more than I actually did. This is, this is the kind of Superman story that I, I mean, I can read through it and breeze through it. And it's, I mean, it's still Superman, so I'm going to get some level of enjoyment out of it. But it's not, not Marty Pascal's finest hour, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd probably have to give it a C- minus as well. No, I gave it a C+, because I said the cover was so good that it brought it up to C+. Yeah. <laughs> If that cover was the iconic, art, interior art and the story, I gave a C minus, but the cover was good enough to make it average out to a C plus. I'd have to go maybe a shade lower. There. I'll go. I'll go C. I'll go with a C. It's another cover's not going to bring it up that much for me. So average. Um. Yeah. The cover. The cover is beautiful. I mean, it's not. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not an A quality cover, but I will give the cover. I mean, it's it's B for Buckler. So I'm going to give the cover a B. The interior art, ugh, get that walnut shell off his head. And all the, <laughs> um, yeah, I got to give the interior art. Or, although that's such a cute dragon thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does the dragon, can the dragon really elevate it that much? Can one panel? Can one panel bring up a whole book? It can, but I don't know if it can with just cuteness. I, I don't know. We've got cute. we've got all that sand blowing up Lois's dress too. So it's mm. coarse and rough. That might be the best panel in the book. And it gets in everything. Gets everywhere. <laughs> I was waiting to make that joke. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of fan service there with Lois Luscious Lois's thighs. Uh, so I'm just gonna give the interior art uh, C as well. 
Can, uh, can well, I make can I make the obvious joke? What? Okay. Do you think Clark told her to get the sand out of her vagina after that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was filtered out by someone. <laughs> I'll use my super breath. Sorry, Bill. Collapses her head. (laughs) Goddamn, Superman. Oh, sorry. That's just horrible. That's horrible. The story is ridiculous. I'm sorry. The story is just ridiculous. I almost want to give, if not for Silver Age goofiness, I would almost want to give this a D, but I'm going to keep it at a C level. So. I guess I'm looking at about a C plus because of the cover, kind of like Paul. And that's right. my review, and I'm sticking with it. And that's our show for today. Ah, yes. Thank Another you, everyone, for joining us. Be back next week. Yes. Wait, wait. I was going to do a book. Now the outro is playing. Sorry. But, uh, stop, stop. Stop the presses. I've, I've got a book. Well, I guess we don't have to do it. Yeah, we, we do. Can, Let's we, it's, it's like a, well, let me just mute my microphone while you the do pain. <laughs> the pain. It's like a big giant band-aid. Let's just rip it off. All right, go ahead, Bill. Do your stupid book. It's not a stupid book. And don't say that about the nice man who got it for me. We're not my- saying anything about the man. <laughs> the man is good. The book is this, bad. This book is this book is brought to you by Michael Sotirlo, who last thanks, year gave thanks, this to, <laughs> gave this to me as a gift. Uh Gave it to Scott. Scott was nice enough to pass it on. So there you go. See, just just like venereal disease. <laughs> if he has it, <laughs> then I have it. <laughs> and what book do I have? Some of you may know by now, but for those of you who are ill-informed and don't know and don't want to know, you're going to find out. And it's time for the return of Apollo Smile with a top blah, 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 that Apollo Smile Part Two or Issue Two. And uh, I'm sure Paul might have actually left the room by now. I'm still here. Oh, he's still here. I showed you guys the cover earlier. And uh, should we even put like put the cover like put the cover on when you put it up? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've already photoshopped the image. Oh, I thought maybe you put you could put like a question mark so that it would be a surprise that nobody would know it would be Apollo Smile. Well, if they, if they get it from iTunes, maybe they won't see the artwork first. Ah, uh, this is or true. Or maybe it's not like this cover jumps out at you and says Apollo Smile. Even the words are hard to read on it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's true. So on our cover, we have the uh, the ship Star Seed. <laughs> no connotation there, I'm sure. Um, flying through the inky darkness while uh, what did you call these, Chris? Uh, like. Uh, the flying ball sacks or shooting us? That, that was Paul. Paul said flying ball. That was the Paul said flying the, ball sacks. The ball, the ball sacks. The uh, the trio of uh, ball sacks are shooting on the ship, and behind the cover where uh, 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 where it says Apollo Smile, there's a a pink outline of uh, Apollo Smile herself, and this comes from Eagle Wing Press, and it was put out in September. Cover price for September this of when of 1998. <clears throat> this was $2.95. Good wow, Lord, people got ripped off. <laughs> I can't believe anybody would pay that for this piece of shit. In the vast of infinite space, evil dwells in many forms. As the frontier broadens and we pioneer forward, we become more vulnerable to its grasp. It's up to us as individuals to make a stand, grabbing destiny in one hand and a ball sack in the other. Wait, no, wait. Sorry. <laughs> courage, courage in the other. Apollo's smile <laughs> blazes forward. <laughs> A pop star turned soldier, 
Team Smile presents The Levy Breaks Part 2. I guess we could cue, what, uh, some Led Zeppelin music here? <laughs> no, we're getting Apollo Smile music again. Oh, oh God. Mm. Team Smile is Apollo Smile, Groove Commander and Scripting, Peter Cato, Illustration and Color, Paul E. Houston, 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 Story and Scripting, Douglas DiMonda, Creator and Creative Director. Ahem. <clears throat> In issue one, we are introduced to the crew of the Starseed, consisting of Apollo Smile, galaxy-spanning pop star soldier, Polly and Rafe, her mentors and bodyguards, Armacord, the artificial sentient computer aboard Starseed, Malachite, Shite, Shiite, Malachite, like the mineral, Apollo's agent manager, Isis, her cat and all-around troublemaker, uh, and two other characters, which I'm not even going to mention because they're not even in this book, but I guess I'll mention them anyway. Jarek and Jewel Shard. Uh, see there? See? Shard, Jewel. Anyway. Siblings whose motives are yet unknown, and we will never find out because guess what? This is the last issue! Yay! Yay. And there was much rejoicing. Uh... So Apollo and the crew were en route for a dedication concert on the planet Kusaj 2, and in another region of armed space, when they stumbled across a scene of indiscriminate slaughter, the derelict starliner Paku, and massacre so brutal that I'm reading this verbatim, so in case it sounds, it is a little uh, grammatically screwed up. So brutal that Apollo and, not and, and her crew are determined to find those responsible and bring them to justice. Now, fate or a long or a long range sensor contact, as one might prefer has presented Paul and a crew with the opportunity to do just that and maybe save an innocent life along the way. So they're tooling along. They get the contact. Apollo tells the crew they're going to go after him. The the promoter guy, Malachite, Malachite, whatever, he freaks out because they're supposed to be to the concert. Uh, as they're looking at the view screen that you guys, as I showed you earlier in the images, uh, it looks like a game of Space Invaders. And they set off to rescue a lifeboat, and uh, all the guns are brought to bear, and they've got uh, swarming missiles, and she's able to take out a couple of the um, of uh, the ships, and also distract the other people from the life pod. They they swoop in, send out these like tractor beam like tendrils, and attach to the to the life pod, and then take off it in, into warp. And see, this is going much faster than last time because last time I was doing each page, I've already jumped through like uh, eight pages. So you guys can thank me later, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, I think this is a really cool section of the story. Too it's bad I can't. Yet? I'm no. Sorry. She decides to go into. Um, okay, she says uh, Armacord. That's remember, that's the ship. She says. Ready to rock cord? Groovy. Enable system link and run Star Dancer. So she goes into like this uh, zero gravity sphere and she's basically linked with the ship. So she's doing all these spinning and dancing maneuvers and the ship mimics what she does in this zero G sphere while she's dodging all the other. Uh, I'll be your star dancer. Dancer for money. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting concept. It is an interesting concept. I yeah. will give you that. I think that's the Very best thing. Best thing of this book is how you know she's basically linked with the ship, and she can control it by doing all this. Wow, she's doing a split there. Very nice. Oh, um, 
So, uh, but while she's do she's doing all these maneuvers, and uh, Rafe and Polly are firing the guns, and they're taking out these things one by one. But then, uh, like in that other uh, one I showed you, they fire some type of super weapon, and it's a guided. It's like a ball of energy with a big flaming mouth and multiple sets of eyes, much like uh, Trigon the Demon from uh, or uh, in uh, yeah, da, 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 Teen da. Titans. Thank you. Yes, exactly. He's got the multiple sets of eyes and a flaming mouth, and it's. Uh, it turns out that it's able. She's even though while she's still in the Star Dancer mode, the um, this energy being slash missile whatever is coming close and she's having a hard time dodging it now this is where i gotta say the book falls apart because in one panel it's right on top of the ship and then the next she jumps out of the star dancer mode or or they deploy all these um do um uh pods that create decoys well in these in these in these shots this thing is no longer even visible so it's like this thing was right on top, and then in the next page, boom, it's not even there. They've got time to deploy all this crap. It's just not plotted out that well. So because then after that, suddenly, oh, it's 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 locked back onto us. And they're running from it again. She comes out of the Star Dancer mode. They decide um, they're going to jump to warp. They had to drop the pod. They're going to try to get away and circle back around. And then they find out that uh, the promoter used shoddy materials, so much like the Millennium Falcon, they can't go. They can't go to warp, and the last two pages show the flaming maw of the weapon coming in, and then separating and getting ready to engulf the ship. And each one of the heroes inside, you see them as if they were burning up in flames. And in the very last panel of the very last Apollo Smile comic, it is completely black with the words "to be continued." I think, and Apollo Smile was never heard of in comics. Again, thank Christ. <laughs> I think you got your ending. The bad guys won. Yeah. No, I think you could just read into it however you want. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. It's all over. It's all over but the crying. Game over, man. Game it's over. It's all over but the crying. Sorry. And I and I had, I had got this book a year ago, and I had read it back then. But I had forgot the ending, and then when I got to the last page tonight, I'm like, "What?" what? <laughs> so you got you got burnt twice <laughs> by the same book. I was like, "I forgot that there's no end to this." So yeah, that's it. Two issues. That's all I ever had. I'll never bring another Apollo Smile comic to the show again. Yes, I good. I like some of the art in here. Should it's should a, we retire the show since you no. can't bring Apollo Smile back again? <laughs> no. Or, no like, is, is it worth show. going on? <laughs> hey, it's no March Hare. Oh. I mean, at least there's some, there's, you know, it's like a hot, I don't know, Apollo kind of cute in here. It did have some redeeming qualities. I did like the whole ship dancing thing. It was pretty cool. But I'm just mad that the storyline, at least, you know, we could re resolve the storyline. couple, two more issues, something. <clears throat> well, you know, everything's getting turned into a movie nowadays. Maybe they'll get Olivia Newton-John to play uh, an elder Apollo smile telling the, the story of when she was younger or something like that. Come on, you know, anything's possible. Perhaps there'll so, be a fan film. So now I'm going to take this book and put it back into cold storage. Bag and board. Right back in, into the garbage pail from whence it came. Hey, hey. I'll put it back, back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. Sorry. Like I told you before, Michael was nice enough to send me 
issue two and I have two copies of issue one. I believe at some point when you least expect it, I'll be dropping it on you, Mr. Spataro. Well, you you saw me twice this summer and didn't give it to me either time, so well, I'm thinking I'm you have it, it then, then he has it. <laughs> now, you, now you've all got it. <clears throat> you could say that that book has nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. So I guess it's up to me to rate it. You guys have seen the cover, and I showed you some of the the interior art. So I, I guess you could rate this as well. Oh yeah, I'm gonna give it a rating. Oh yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, for the cover, hmm, I'm gonna give the cover. I'm gonna give it a C plus. <laughs> hey, I like the cover. I, I like manga. That's All so right? sad. And uh. The interior art, I liked. I liked the thing, uh, you know, the show because they were showing like a, uh, like a ghostly silhouette of her in space, and the ship was mimicking what she was doing. So um, now the the anime could have been a little bit tighter. It was still not as uh, good as some other anime that I've uh, not anime manga. Getting my I'm crossing the streams there. Um, so I'm probably going to give that a C plus as well. And then the story, it was a nice follow-up. It, it, it didn't. It seemed like the first one was a lot longer. Of course, I synopsized like every page and every panel. So this time I kind of let things go. Um, but this one did go quicker because of the whole space battle thing. Um, so story-wise, I'm gonna give the story. Uh, I'm gonna give it a C. So overall, it's a C book for me. It's average. Now, uh, here, why don't you give your rating? Um, all right, I will. I will attempt to give a rating. Um, the cover, honestly, it doesn't stand out, but it's not. It's not poorly rendered. It's just blah, which is sometimes worse than being poorly rendered. Um, it's just. I mean, the, I'd probably give the cover a C minus. It wouldn't get me to pick up the book because it's just you know a silver triangle and a couple of yellowish triangles on a cover. And uh, that's not going to get me to buy the book. Uh, yeah, so C minus for the cover. Um, the interior art, from what I looked at, uh, did absolutely zero for me. Um, so I'll be that guy, and I will say that is a that is a D. That is a D for the interior art, from what I saw. And um, your synopsis didn't really. Um, it's not really getting me to be interested. So uh, I will also be that guy and say a D for the story. And uh, I don't know if you can really call it manga because I didn't hear a single Japanese name during any of those creator credits. So mm. this is this is the this is cultural but it, but it kidnapping that's going on here. It says the manga comic right on the front cover. Well, is it a manga or is it a comic? It's a manga comic. It's bullshit, is what it is. <laughs> D. It's all bullshit. But done. All right. <sighs> All right, Pygmalion, what do you got? Oh, I'm looking at the cover right now. Not only do I think it's nothing special, I think it looks stupid. <laughs> it's It's got the, I guess, the uh, logo for Apollo Smile, which is the word, plus a silhouette of her jumping, and I don't know if she's pointing at you or if she's pointing a gun at you. No, she's got her thumb out. She's giving you a thumbs up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just a stupid... 
I think it's a middle finger. And then, and then it's got a little heart next to it on the on the left. Uh, if you took that out of the picture, it looks like a, an uninspired panel from inside the book. It's really just nothing to set it apart, nothing to make you think, oh, this is something I'd want to read. It's It's got really, and I don't even mean this just as, as kind of a joking negative, but I really think it's got zero going for it. There's nothing about this that would make me interested in buying this book. So I'm going to give the cover an F. And I don't even mean that, again, I, that's not in an effort to, to, to deride the book. I really believe it is an F cover. Uh, the interior art looked to me to be similar to the art in anime features that I've seen. It didn't look particularly inspired, but it didn't look horrible either. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say a D plus. I don't think it was, you know, I don't think it was an absolute fail. That kind of art really doesn't do anything for me. But I think it, you know, it, it, it had, it looked like it did what it set out to do. So I'll give it credit for that. So I'm not going to give it an F. I'm not going to even give it a D minus. I'm going to give it a D plus. Uh, the story just sounded almost, I think the word I'm looking for is contrived. There was like, you know, nothing to it. It, it was confusing. It was gratuitous there's just really nothing special i'm gonna say a d minus on the story it just didn't grab me at all but that might have been my synopsis but but. no i think i think you did it justice uh and i'm gonna give the book overall a a d so it's not as bad not as bad as apollo (laughs) smile one for for ratings wise i just think i have maybe some apollo smile blinders on because i'm an apollo smile mark okay (laughs) You are, and they well. And that's the other thing with the cover. I, I, isn't the whole thing trading on your titular character? No pun intended. Um, and she's not even really on the cover. Well, yeah, the last one was because the last one was uh, issue one was like half of the half her of her face, was a photo yeah. of her. The other half was the anime version. I mean, the manga version, which is more interesting than triangles. But they're sexy Little. triangles, <clears throat> and they're not that sexy. Yes. It's not good, Bill. But there's no more. It's all there is. I'm sure you could find some other shitty series. You could you could see, see if you could seek out issue number two of the March Air. <laughs> uh, you know, the world waits with bated breath for your synopsis of Khan issue two. Hey, I, I could go find that. That could be a standalone episode. Just a synopsis. Yeah. <clears throat> the next week we'll, we'll do the review of it <laughs> yeah you know what you should review synopsizing that you should have just said uh, go watch Wrath of Khan oh, no yes no <clears throat> yes no no <laughs> dark season <laughs> dark season fire <laughs> shoot me now shoot me now alright Hero, are you gonna? T- do you want to? T- do you want to burn the copy of Apollo Smile now, or wait till you get home? Burn oh. it now! Burn it now! I, I, I don't even have it. I'll wait till I get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, whole lot that's of my favorite thing about that scene. When we we'll shoot him now, wait till you get yeah. home. We'll, we'll wait until I get home. And as they're walking away, he sticks his tongue out at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he accomplished something. <laughs> Uh, Bill, didn't I give you a bunch of crappy indie books in Long Island? Black and white ones? I don't know. I don't remember. Like some Elf Quest or some goddamn thing? Or Elf Warrior? Oh, yeah, maybe you did. Why don't you wrangle one of those up? They're they're wacky. 
and then not as bad as a false Michael. Hey, I'm just saying. I would say, you know, I, I think I've consistently said Apollo Smile issue one was the worst book we ever did. You know, this is probably only like the third or fourth, fourth worst book. F Troop. Yeah, okay. F Troop and was, the March Hare. Yes. Yeah. Which we didn't even do the March Hare. That was on this. F Troop had cultural cachet. Where the Hakawi? That's, that's your cultural cachet. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's a popular TV show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wouldn't fly nowadays, that's for sure. But nothing can fly nowadays. I think Hogan's Heroes would go over very well now. <laughs> nothing quite like nothing quite like a Nazi prisoner of war camp to make you smile. But it made the Nazis out to be boobs. <coughs> you can do that all you want. Larry Hovis did a great Hitler. <laughs> so so Bill, who's your is that your favorite Hitler portrayal? Hmm, my favorite Hitler portrayal. Ooh, I hadn't really thought of that. I, I could tell you mine. Mel Brooks? <laughs> yes. In uh, Not in To Be or Not To Be, in Blazing Saddles, at the very end of the movie, when they're in the uh, cafeteria at the movie studio, and, and they're having the food fight, and in the background is the, the Adolf Hitler actor, actor just doing the Heil Hitler to each side <laughs> over and over again. That just cracks me up. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about that musical number. I can see Bill doing the French mistake. You bopping along. Oh, Stick out your hips, Bill. Stick out your hips. Put out your tongue. <laughs> oh, I'm way too comfortable with you guys. Uh, Dom DeLuise, we miss you. Is he dead? Yes. Yeah. Why didn't anybody even tell me? You should ask Scott. Well, he's not really the best barometer for celebrity deaths. Skyward probably thought he was alive. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. me. It's so simple, you sissy Marys. Give me the playback and watch me bang it. Throw out your hands, take out your tush, hands on your hips, give them a push. You'll be surprised you're doing the French mistake. Voila! Shit. Have you got it? Yes. yes.
sounds like steam escaping.